And I'd love for you to open your Bibles, if you would, uh, this morning. And I want to take a look at the book of Luke today, uh, the book of Luke. And I want us to go to chapter 21, Luke chapter 21. And we see a very, very uh, revealing uh, scripture here that really kind of tells the story where a lot of people are at right now in our nation. And, uh, you know, you don't have to look very far to see images of fear all around us. But thank God God's not given us a spirit of fear. But you take the economic, you take COVID, you take gas prices, you take how much it costs to put food on the table. It's everywhere. And so one of the major fears that people face is the fear of financial failure or financial famine. It's trying to grip people's hearts. Now, one thing we know about fear is fear is dread, and it always expects the worst. But you and I have the God kind of faith on the inside of us. So we can make a choice every day not to live in dread or to live in hopelessness, but we can live by and walk by faith. And one thing about faith is, faith will always expect the best. So in Luke 21, in verse 26, it says that men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And I know a lot of people adopt this kind of attitude. Well, you just better look out. You better watch out. You better look out. Well, thank God, we're not looking out. We're looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We are looking to Him as our source of supply, our high priest, our sustainer, our Sabbath rest, and, I dare say, our soon-coming King of kings and Lord of lords. We are not fearfully looking out. I'll tell you what we're doing. We're looking up. And why are we looking up? We're looking up because our redemption is getting closer day by day. Our redemption is drawing nigh Every day. I wonder, can anybody in this church this morning get thrilled about the fact that Jesus is coming soon? Oh, glory to God. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. Very soon and very soon, He's going to descend from heaven with a shout. And the family in heaven and the family in earth is going to be joined together. Oh, what a day it will be when our Jesus we shall see. Oh, what a victory parade there will be when we walk up and down and stroll the streets of glory. <coughs> Woo, glory to God. I'm excited about it. How about you? You know, it's our blessed hope. It's our blessed expectation. Thank God for that. In verse 34 it says, now, take heed to yourselves. In the meantime, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts 
be overcharged with surfeiting. Now, surfeiting isn't just in the area of food. Surfeiting is excess in any area. So take heed that you are not living a fleshly life. The Bible tells us to abstain from fleshly lusts, which really war after against the soul. So he tells us to take heed of those things of surfeiting and drunkenness and the one we want to center in on for a little bit and the cares of this life so that that day come upon you unawares. We are instructed by Solomon in the book of Proverbs in chapter 4 and in verse 23. We are instructed, keep and guard our hearts. That's our responsibility. When the scripture says, let not your heart be troubled, whose responsibility is that? It's your heart. Trouble comes to each and every one of us, but just because trouble comes, we don't have to let trouble in. So notice with me, he says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flow the very issues or the very springs of life. And so Jesus is telling us right here in Luke to take heed unto those things. One of the major things that I think that Christians deal with is the cares of this life and the worries of this world. Now we know in the Word of God what it tells us to do about the cares of this life. For example, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, I want you to read it with me. Ready, read. He tells us, Casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all, on Him, for He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. That's good news, isn't it? So what we can do then is we can cast all of our cares about our finances, about what we may be dealing with in our physical bodies, what might be the dynamic of our family at this time. We can cast all of our cares, anything and everything, on Him. Why? Because we know He's watching out for us. He's looking out for us. He cares for us affectionately, and He watches over our lives. Amen. Now, as long as you do this, and when you do this, and when you leave it in His hands, about your body, about your finances, about your family, you can declare, I have no care. I am fear-free, and I am carefree. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. As long as we keep it in His hands, He can work on it. But if we take it out of His hands, back into our lives, back into our souls, what happens is the enemy then begins to run roughshod in the arena of our mind. And we don't want that to happen. So now this is a fight. The Bible talks about fighting the good fight of faith. As sure as you roll your care over on the Lord, the enemy is going to come with a suggestion. He's going to come with an imagination. And we're instructed in the Word of God what to do with those images. 
we're instructed to do what to do with those strongholds. Does anybody know what we're supposed to do? Are we to entertain them? Are we to sit on our couch all day long and worry about them? No, the Bible says he's given you weapons. He's given you weapons. He's given you the name of Jesus. He's given you the word of God. And he's given you the power of the Holy Ghost. And with the weapons of our warfare, we can cast down imaginations. That's exactly where those imaginations belong. They came from hell and they need to be cast back down where they belong. Casting down images. Casting down strongholds. To the glory of God, we can live a fear-free, peace-filled life as we fight the good fight of faith. In the book of Philippians, it tells us, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Oh, say it with me real strong today. I refuse to fret or worry about anything. I refuse to be anxious about my finances, about my body, about this nation, and about my loved ones. I shut the door and I give no place in Jesus' name. Kenneth E. Hagin says, if you're worrying about it, if you're thinking about it, you're worrying about it. Here's what worry does. Worry closes the door to the power of God. It shuts His power out. But oh, thank God, faith in the power of God opens the door to your breakthrough wide open. We have been redeemed. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. He has redeemed us from poverty. He has redeemed us from sickness. And He has redeemed us from spiritual death. We are the redeemed of the Lord. And as the redeemed of the Lord, you and I are not subject to the times in which we live. We are not under the dominion. We are not under the control. We are not under the influence of whichever way this failing system and world's economy is going. Whatever is going on in the world system right now, I want to remind you that you and I have been delivered from the power of darkness and we have been translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we're not subject to this world system. Point to yourself and say, I'm not subject to this failing world system. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are governed by another economy. We are governed by another kingdom. We are governed by the kingdom of God. Glory to God. And we need to remind ourselves of those things. Because quite frankly, there's constant reminders from the God of this world, who is the author of this world system, that says you'll never make it, you're not good enough, you're not good enough, and you're not going to make it. But here's what God says, I shed my precious blood for you, and I have made you a new creation in me, and you are the righteousness of God in Christ. 
So in the world now, in the world, there's condemnation. Right? In the world, (laughs) there's panic. And in the world, there is sorrow. Oh, but in the kingdom of God. The opposite is true. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. But instead of condemnation, there's righteousness. Instead of panic, there's peace. And instead of sorrow, there is joy unspeakable and full of the glory of the Lord. Woo! Glory to God. We're in the kingdom of righteousness. We're in the kingdom of peace. And we are in the kingdom of the joy of the Lord. And say with me, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, man. Glory to God. So, let's look at Romans 14, verse 17. Let's feed on that just a little bit. We quoted it, but let's look at it. And, of course, they have it here in the Amplified. I'm going to quote it in the King James Version. It says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now, just because that's available in the kingdom of God does not mean that everyone in the kingdom of God is walking in it. To be able to walk in righteousness, you've got to know what righteousness is. To be able to walk in peace, you've got to know scriptures on the peace of God. And to walk in the joy of the Lord, you've got to make sure that you're keeping yourself strong in the Lord so that the joy of the Lord can be manifested in your lives. I love what Nancy Dufresne says. She says this, Stay in joy and peace, for that is the flow of the Holy Ghost. It's Holy Ghost Church, right? When you're in a Holy Ghost Church, there ought to be some joy and peace. So she said, Stay in joy and peace, for that is the flow of the Holy Ghost. And she says, I stay in peace and joy in faith, and I stay in the Spirit, for that is where the blessing flows. That's where the blessing flows. It's flown in this kingdom. It's flowing in righteousness and peace and joy. Amen? Now, I made this statement earlier. I'm going to make it again. You and I are separated from this world's failing system. The world is not in good shape. In the natural realm, the economy is not in good shape. No matter what they try to do, no matter what the finances are going to go toward, the answer is not in the natural realm. The answers are found in the Word of God. The answers are found in the wisdom of God. That's why we need to pray for our leaders. One thing we need to pray for all of our leaders about is that God would give them wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge. 
the wisdom of God, I believe God will answer those prayers. As you pray in faith, as you pray for your leaders on a city level, as you pray for your leaders on a state level, as you pray for the leaders on a national level, God will give them wisdom just because you asked. Amen. Say, I've been delivered from this world's failing system. We are not here just to survive. We are not to have a survival mentality. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us hold out faithful to the end. If we could just make it to the rapture of the church. That's a very selfish attitude. That makes it about you. Oh, if I could just make it to the end. God's not looking for a company of believers that are just hanging on by a thread. God's looking for an army. God's looking for believers that'll rise up in the name of Jesus and take their place and take their authority. No matter what hell throws our way, we have heaven on our side. We have Jesus on the inside. We have the word of the living God. Oh, I know that some days it feels that way. But aren't you glad we don't walk by feel like? We can be just like Paul said. None of these things move me. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. And I believe God. You see, we've been given a whole book, (coughs) excuse me, of exceeding great and precious promises. And through these great and precious promises, you and I are delivered from the corruption that is in this world system. You look it up sometime in 1 Peter chapter 1. Now notice with me, we are not just here to survive. The opposite of survive is to thrive. Look at your neighbor and say, we're here to thrive. The word thrive means to flourish. It means succeed. It means to advance. And yes, it means to prosper. Now Jesus dealt with this in John 17. This is his high priestly prayer in John the 17th chapter. Let's look at the gospel of John. And notice with me in chapter 17 and we'll begin here in verse 14. John 17 and verse 14. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Notice with me in verse 14. I have given them thy word. Aren't you glad he gave us his word? And the world has hated them. Don't be bugged about a little nickel and dime persecution. Don't be bugged by what people think about you. Don't be bugged by what people say about you. In the world, you're going to have it. But not only that, I found a scripture in the Bible that says, all that live godly are going to suffer some persecution. You know, if they hated him, they'll hate you. But we don't have to meet them on their level. They may hate us, but we love them. And we show them 
the love of God by the love of God that's on the inside of us and by praying for them. Now notice, John seventeen fourteen. I have given them thy word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world. We're not of this world. Even as I am not of the world. Verse 15, read it with me. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. We're not of this world. And he's praying that we would be kept from evil. And then he did something about evil. He defeated it. In his death, his burial, and is his resurrection. He defeated and spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them openly and he triumphed over them in it. He gave his life as a ransom for all. Galatians, the first chapter in the fourth verse, says it very clearly. So let's read that together. Ready, read. Who gave, yielded himself up to atone for our sins and to save and sanctify us in order to rescue and deliver us from this present wicked age and world order. Delivered from this what? Present wicked age and from this world order. If the world is trying to bring order to this world, it's futile. Notice this with me. I like the way it says that. Look at, the, look at these words. To rescue, to deliver from this present wicked age and world order. Oh, glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Now, certainly, there's going to be some temptation. There's going to be some evil that will present itself to us. Right? I mean... The enemy walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Anybody found out that to be true? But along with the evil that is presented to us, here's what God says in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. Did you wear your shouting clothes this morning? In 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, it says this, There has no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man what we are facing and what we are going through is common to man but now notice these next few words but God but God but God but God you got to pay attention to the butts in the Bible right but God but God is what Woo, hallelujah God is what he is faithful in the midst of the presentation of evil, in the midst of temptation, God is always faithful. 
He's always there. He's always faithful. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. God is faithful. Faithful to do what? He is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above your ability. Oh, He's made you able to face difficult times. He's given you the ability of the Holy Spirit. He's made you able. Now notice this. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Oh, glory to God. The Amplified says it this way. He will always provide the way out. He will always provide the means of escape to a safe landing place. Can anybody testify that you've been tempted somewhere, somehow in your past, but God proved to be faithful and provided you a way out? Glory to God. Provided you the way out to where you came to a safe landing place. (laughs) Anybody ever been up in the air about 36,000 feet? And it start going like this a little bit, a little rocky. Well, sometimes in life, things get a little rocky and a little shaky, right? But if you'll just hold fast in those 36,000 feet, even though there's turbulence all around, if you'll just hold fast and plead the blood of Jesus, you will come to a safe landing place. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. Thank God for it. John 17 and verse 16 says this. They are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. Now here's a verse we want to look at today. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Say it with me. Sanctify me through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Now, the word sanctified there means to separate or to cut away from the effects of the world through the word. So he's saying, sanctify them through thy word. Now, I've discovered this. As I renew my mind with the word of God, something happens. What is it that happens When you renew your mind to the Word of God, you get transformed. Transformation takes place. Amen. It's just like when you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, you were immediately changed on the inside. But then that process of change continues on in our lives as we renew our minds with the Word of God. Amen. Transformation. Changes take place. What kind of changes? Well, changes in the way we think. Changes in the way we talk. And changes in the way that we act. The renewed mind is very, very important for every born-again believer. His Word now will sanctify you and separate you from the world's way of thinking. It'll separate you from oppression and fear. It will separate you from all manner of addictions. 
You know, as a Christian, you do not have to be addicted to anything except Jesus. And it's a good idea also to to get addicted to giving. Mark Hankin said that the Lord told him, you know, if you'll get addicted to giving, I'll support your habit. Amen. As, As a Christian, we don't have to be addicted. Alcoholism has no place in the life of a Christian. Amen. You do not have to be on drugs to make it through life. And if you're a Christian, it's easy to get set free. It's just call on the name of the Lord and you will be delivered. God's Word will separate you from addiction. It'll separate you from mental oppression. It'll literally separate you from anything and everything that will try to bind and to hold you in a place of bondage. His Word has sanctifying power. I can remember when I got born again. When I got born again... I made the commitment, I'm going to renew my mind with the Word of God. And over the process of time, things in my life that were once in my life just fell off. I didn't have to go have somebody cast the devil out of me. No, I got into the Word and the Word did its work. If you will get into the Word and let the Word do its work in you, it will do what it needs to be done. But it takes a commitment. We just cannot play around with these things. We just cannot be in a situation where we come to church when we feel like it. Where we get in the Word when we feel like it. No, we're talking about a way of life, a manner of living. When you do this, you'll become separated from the things that will try to hold you down and hold you back. Now, the opposite of separate is to join or to unite. When we make a conscious decision by the renewing of our mind to put the Word of God first place, not only will we be separated from a lot of things, but we will be united. We will be joined to the blessing of the Lord. Everything that you once were The opposite now is true now that you're in the kingdom of God. Now that you're a child of God. Amen? Oh, glory to God. So he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Say it with me. God's word will join me or unite me with the blessing and ignite the law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus, it'll lift you, it'll bless you. Look at Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. Romans the 8th chapter and the 2nd verse. It says here, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what has it done? It has set us free from what? The law of sin and death. It's a law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus supersedes the law 
of sin and death. So we want to make sure that we become familiar with what God's laws are. He has a law of faith. Amen? So this law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it's like the law of gravity. What does the law of gravity do? Or the law of lift, rather. The law of lift, amen, supersedes the law of gravity. Right? Now, bring this over into the spirit realm. The law of gravity are those things that are trying to hold us down and to hold us back. But there is a law in Christ Jesus. It's called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And it lifts us and it supersedes anything and everything that would try to hold you down. Oh, say it with me real strong. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Glory. Glory to God. Let's praise Him for a few moments. Glory to God. Lift your voice and hands and give Him praise. Glory to God. Amen. How many of you are believing with me today? Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, bless the Lord. So as believers then, the world's system is subject to the authority of the word, the authority of the believer, and the name of Jesus. Now then we must aggressively take our stand against financial fear. And believe that everything is going to be all right. The devil's a liar. If he could have sunk your ship, he'd have sunk it by now. If he could have killed you, he'd have killed you by now. If he could have taken you out, he'd have taken you out by now. But I can see by the look on your face that the ship ain't sunk. I can see by those hands lifted up, you still got breath in your lungs. Oh yeah, COVID might have tried to take it away, but I'm looking at a congregation that still got breath in their lungs. They still got strength in their body. They still got joy in the name of Jesus. Oh, I think we ought to praise him, saints. I think we ought to lift our voice and give him praise. Glory to God. Woo! Hallelujah. We are not going under. We are not going under. We're going over. We're not going under. We're going over. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. The devil tried to shut us down. He tried to shut us up. But you can't shut up the redeemed of the Lord because the redeemed of the Lord say it. The redeemed of the Lord sing it. The redeemed of the Lord shout about it. The redeemed of the Lord dance about it. We are the redeemed of the Lord. Woo! Glory to God. Don't buy the lie. You're not going to die young. You're going to live long. I said, you're going to live long. 
You're going to live long. You're going to live strong. And you are going to enjoy the blessing of the Lord. Don't buy the lie that you're not going to be able to pay your bills. God is still on the throne. He is still El Shaddai. He is the God that is more than more than enough. Woo, hallelujah. I'm not buying the lie that our nation has gone down the tubes. The government is upon His shoulder. Come on, somebody. We're going up. We're going over. We're going to the other side. In Jesus' name. Woo, glory to God. There's always going to be some things to overcome. There's always going to be some things to come over. But thank God He's called us overcomers. And the way that you and I overcome is we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And we overcome by the word of our testimony. We're living under the spout where the goodness of God and the glory of God is coming out. We're living our best days. We're living our best life right in the midst of hell on earth. We've got heaven on earth. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Woo! Somebody shout. Somebody praise Him. Somebody give Him glory today. He is the Lord. He does not fail. If he could have driven you crazy, he'd have done it by now. He's the one that's crazy. He's the one that's nuts. You're the one with the mind of Christ. You're the one that doesn't have a spirit of fear, but a power and a love and a sound mind. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so let's take our stand. Let's take our stand. I refuse to worry about the finances of this church. I have never slept so good in my life. I mean, I put my head on the pillow and I just thank God that He is my source, that He is our supply, that He is my healer, that He's the strength of my life. I refuse to fear. I refuse to worry. And that's the way that we need to make sure that we live. Worry will get you nowhere. But faith will move mountains. I said faith will move mountains. Faith will move mountains. And faith will see to it that you get where you need to get. That you go where you need to go. That you accomplish what all you need to accomplish. Somebody shouted, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Whew, just be seated for a few more moments. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's getting better in here by the minute. It's getting better in here by the minute. There's nothing wrong with you expressing joy. Just help yourself. Hallelujah. So I said earlier, faith and fear are opposites. But they're both expectations. Faith expects the best. Fear expects the worst. Faith and fear are like magnets. Faith draws the blessing. Faith draws the good things of God, right? But fear is also a magnet. Fear 
can draw oppression. Job said it this way, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. I just sensed by the Holy Spirit to say that stop talking your fears. Stop talking what you're worried about. Close your mouth. Repent. Ask God to forgive you. Pray for crop failure. And instead of talking your fears, talk your faith. I sought the Lord. And He heard me. And He delivered me from all my fears. Woo, glory to God. So we're not like Job. We're not going to let fear become a magnet in our lives. I feared a fear, and fear came upon me, is what Job was saying. There's a contrast. There's a big difference between faith and fear. For example, look at the scripture in Romans 10 and verse 17. Romans, the 10th chapter now. It says, so then, faith comes by what? Comes by hearing. But it doesn't just come by hearing tradition. It comes by hearing the anointed word. That's why it's important for us to submit ourselves to teachers who are anointed to teach. Who carry with them an unction while they're ministering and as a result faith comes so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by what now let's break this down just a little bit faith for abundance does not come by listening to bad news Faith for abundance comes by hearing the good news. And the good news is in the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation. So listen very carefully. Faith for abundance comes by hearing the anointed word about abundance. There are people that are very anointed to teach on the laws of abundance in a very balanced way. But you don't just have to listen to teachers. You can listen to the Holy Spirit. And what He'll do is He'll lead you and He will guide you right into Scriptures concerning your current position. He will lead you and give you scriptures that will teach you about abundance. And as a result of hearing the word on abundance, faith will come. Now listen very carefully. It's the same thing with healing. We ought to be taking God's medicine every day. Somebody says, yeah, but I'm doing well. I'm healed. Great. Stay that way. Stay full of God's medicine. Yeah, but I've got all these symptoms. How much more? Just double the dose. You know, you go to a doctor sometime and and they give you some medication. You say, well, it doesn't seem to be working. They say, well, double up. Well, in the kingdom of God, we need to double up sometimes on healing scriptures. 
So faith can come. And when faith comes in the area of healing, you don't have to heal yourself. You don't have to do this on your own. You just stay filled with the Word of God day after day, day after day, and the Word will do its work. I said the Word of God, it will do its work. But I must put in the work by hearing the Word of God, by talking the Word of God, and by acting on the Word of God, and letting God be God, and let Him do His work in my life. So if faith for abundance comes by hearing, if faith for healing comes by hearing, fear of lack also comes by hearing. By hearing what? The lies of the enemy. Fear of disease also comes by hearing. By hearing what? By hearing the lies of the enemy. We have been given the ability to replace every lie that the enemy brings with the truth of God's Word. It's called the law of reciprocals. Everything that he says about you is not true. It's a lie. But on the other end of that lie is the reciprocal, which is the truth. So if he tells you, (laughs) you know, you're sick, you immediately know you are not the sick trying to get healed. You are the healed and Satan's just trying to make you sick. Everything he says is the opposite of what God says about you. So it it behooves us to become very familiar of what God says concerning abundance. To become very familiar about what God says about our healing. And, And not just familiarizing ourselves with it once in a while. But familiarizing ourselves with it on a consistent and on a regular basis. That's when your faith will get stronger. And when your faith gets stronger, mountains move quicker. Glory to God. It just came out of my spirit. Say it with me. My faith gets stronger. Mountains will remove quickly. And so we must adopt a zero tolerance to fear. One preacher said this years ago. Faith tolerated is fear Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. I want you to step up and stand up and I want you to say these words with me at the end of this message. And we're going to personalize this. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Aren't you glad you came today? I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord. I could hardly wait to get to church this morning. Amen. Let's declare this together. I've not been given... The spirit of fear over my finances, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God told me, fear not, for he who is with me is my provider and my supplier. Everything is going to be all right. I shall not be afraid of economic conditions 
For my heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. My heart is established. I shall not be afraid. I resist the fear of lack, and the fear of lack must flee. I'm not moved by what I see. I am not fearful over my financial future. God is my source. He provides cars to drive, food to eat, clothes to wear, places to live, and everything else I need, He supplies liberally. Point at yourself, I'm not subject to the times. I live in the household of faith, not in the dungeon of fear. My household is thriving and not just surviving. My church is thriving and not just surviving. My house is flourishing and not failing. I'll say this strong. Every bill's paid. Every need is met. Every debt is wiped out. I walk by faith and not by fear. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So make it a way of life. The just shall live by faith. Amen.